What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Listening to Spurs Cast, episode 483. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. Joining me on this episode is Project Spurs' Michael DeLeon. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I, I'm actually uh, uh, pretty happy. I, I tuned into an All Star game last night, and I got like a playoff game. What it seemed like, so um, that was that was pretty cool to see. But um, ready for the suit? Well, I guess ready for the rest of the season to start now. Yeah, but on Twitter, I saw that uh, you weren't a big fan of the intros with Kevin Hart. That was 30 minutes. So I was like, I think I tweeted that's 30 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. Yeah, you did. I, I, that's how I felt ex- exactly the same way. Uh, one of the parts, though, that did make me laugh out of the few parts in, in that whole monologue was uh, the part about LeBron having name tags for his new teammates. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, some of but outside of that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't understand the music. I didn't understand the choreography. I just, I was lost there. Uh, they could do a lot more with that that 30 minutes that they used of our lives, like you mentioned. Okay, Mike, so let's go ahead and get into the Spurs cast episode 483. It's been a while since I last recorded. Um, you know, the Spurs are obviously on the All-Star break, so they're going to have some time off here uh, to, to rest and recover, as are all the other NBA teams. So, so, Mike, last time I recorded, I had Jeff Platt from Spectrum News on this show. And uh, we had both pre- uh, we went through the games uh, that we predicted the Spurs how, how they would go in the last their most recent four games. And I had I was actually right on the money. I said they go one and three. I just thought that that schedule was really grueling for them without Kawhi and Rudy Gay. Jeff thought they'd go two and two, but they ended up going one and three. So let's do a quick little recap here, Mike. Um, last Wednesday in Phoenix against the Suns, uh, the Spurs beat the Suns by forty eight points. Uh, the, just an easy blowout for them. Uh, they really embarrassed Phoenix there. Then on Saturday, they lost to the Golden State Warriors by 17. And this is an interesting game because San Antonio did at one point have a double-digit lead, but they obviously didn't have the weapons to keep up with Golden State for a full 48 minutes. Then on Monday last week, uh, they lost by two to the Utah Jazz without LaMarcus Aldridge. Then on Wednesday, on, I mean, sorry, uh, then on Tuesday, so Monday was Utah, and then Tuesday against Denver, they lost by eight points, again, without LaMarcus Aldridge. So kind of just putting all those four games in, into a summary, um, what, what were your takeaways there? Yeah, I mean, with the Suns, they got a great start for the, like, really road trip or whatever, and Aldridge was great, and they, I mean, they just couldn't miss anything. But then, you know, obviously it got real, real quick with the, with the Warriors, and it's like you said, I mean, they got off to a really good start, they had like a 10-point lead, but then it's one of those things where, like, the Golden State Warriors are going to catch up, especially when they're healthy, and so they just couldn't hold that lead anymore. Um, you know, the other two games, it was just, you know, like that Jazz game, they probably should have won, but, um, you know, if you weren't, um, if you didn't know who Donald Mitchell was before the game, I think you, you, you found out pretty quickly, and then... Um, the Nuggets was, it was just, you know, they had some, he's sad, it was nice to see uh, Laverne 
have a big game like the Dallas kind of needed. It looks like, like the Laverne and, and Joker show, it seemed like, for a while there. But what I noticed, like, from the games that they lost uh, is it's like they started off the shooting, uh, you know, started off really well, but then over the t- over time, it like, flatlined, like, especially outside their outside shooting. I think they shot, like, 25% or something like, uh, around there for the uh, Nuggets game, and, and that was kind of, like, the common... Thread. Even with the Warriors game, they started off really hot. I think they're like fifty percent at one time, and then that again um, nosedived in. And uh, you know that has probably a lot to do with the defense flow state. But you know we're starting to see that. I guess um, starting to connect the dots there. Yeah, I think uh, one guy you mentioned there was Laverne. He had a really big game against the Nuggets. You know, uh, I, I went back and looked at his stats, and I saw 26-11. and 11. Uh, Vicky, uh, Victoria Varial actually wrote that up on Project Spurs. And when she wrote that, I was like, wait, is that a mistake? And then I, I had to go back and look. I'm like, wow, he really did have 26-11, and 11, which is a career high. But, you know, he was obviously a, a beneficiary of LaMarcus Aldridge being out. He was, like, one of the main guys the Spurs could go to. And, and you know... Against Golden State, I, I did not expect them to win. I was very surprised again that that they took a double digit lead, and this has actually been like a common trend for like the last two and a half years, whether it's regular season or playoffs. Where without or with or without Kawhi Leonard, this Spurs team for some reason has a way to get an early lead on Golden State, and then they obviously they can't sustain it, especially without Kawhi. But you know that's a good trend for them when they do get Kawhi back. Is that hey, this is still showing even without their best player, he, they're still getting these these weird double digit leads on, on Golden State consistently. Now, um, the other two games, you know, without LaMarcus, I didn't think they'd have the, the horses for the full 48. And you saw that where um, eventually Denver and Utah uh, both, both you know, made their comeback and, and took, took the lead over from San Antonio and put, and put them away. Uh, they just didn't have the scoring power without Aldridge. And so I think that, you know, going forward, those are going to be some of the key teams they still have to play down the stretch of the season. And that's good that LaMarcus should be there for them. So, you know, you can really look more so to the winning side for San Antonio in those matchups. Uh, Mike, was there anything away from, uh, that you took away from, from the All-Star game? Obviously, Aldridge only played four minutes. Uh, he had said that he was trying to lighten his load because he was trying to basically get healthy. Uh, he only recorded one block in four and a half minutes. Like you mentioned, Team LeBron won 148 to 145. I didn't really expect anything. It wasn't exactly like the Jimmy Butler situation or anything like that, but I didn't expect him to play a whole lot. I mean, he had already said that, you know, that he wants to be healthy, and I, I kind of like the attitude he took where, you know, he was more concerned and I, I see this as the actual reason that he was, you know, he wanted to, to be healthy and be ready to come back uh, at the end of this week. And um, so, like I said, I didn't expect much. I think for Spurs fans, it's like, you kind of have come to, like, expect this from, like, All-Star games. You don't see a whole ton of lot of clips. It doesn't really, like, it, it doesn't really fit into, like, their style or their personality when you saw some dunking. I mean, he did, did, like, an MVP or whatever, but it was just... Like, nobody watches an all-star game to see, like, four down or, or a lot of these. Just, like, you know, you know, throw the ball down and get let those guys go to work. They want to see all of the, like, uh, high-flying plays. So, I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect a lot. And so, it was kind of pretty much exactly as, uh, maybe not exactly in terms of minutes, but, you know, it was pretty close there. Yeah, I mean, they've done this, like you said, with Tim Duncan. They've done this in the past with Kawhi Leonard as well, where they don't really play them a lot of minutes. And so that's more so I think the coaches on the other team, like like Dwayne Casey was Aldridge's coach for that event. I think he kind of understood from Pop and Aldridge, hey, we want to keep his minutes down. And, you know, Spurs fans were giving Aldridge some heat for those last two games because he sat out with the knee injury. They wanted to make sure that he rested. And they were saying, why is he playing the All-Star game? Which, look what he, look what he did. He just shot a few yeah. layups and warm-ups, and then he played four minutes. He didn't do much. You know, he made sure he stayed healthy. Uh, you know, Jimmy Butler didn't play at all. 
ball. So, um, you know, it, it's just you, you got to let him be, be out there, get his get his shine, uh, get that 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 moment for himself because you know he he did have a great season to earn that recognition. You know, I was very doubtful that he could return to that level of play, and now you look at him and he's definitely an All NBA player uh, midway through the season at the All Star break. So, uh, you know, I think it was very deserving of Aldridge to go out there to LA and have some fun uh, and be with those All Stars. Okay, Mike, let's go ahead and get into our, our topics for, for the show. We have four of them here. Uh, our first one is the basically uh, no, no, um, dead, no um, return for Kawhi Leonard or Rudy Gay just yet. So Tom Osborne of the Express News spoke with R.C. Buford on Friday in Los Angeles. And Buford gave him a few quotes when, when Osborne asked about Rudy Gay and Kawhi's returns. He basically said for both of them, there's still no firm timeline were his actual words. Uh he he basically said they were they were aiming for Gay to come back after the All Star break, but even that still needs to be cleared by the doctors. And with Kawhi, he just basically said, you know, whenever he 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 responds well to the to the treatment that they're that they have him on, that's when he'll eventually, you know, you'll see the positive signs. So so Mike with um oh one one other player that I mentioned this was uh, they asked they asked Aldridge on Saturday, you know, what how confident are you that all, that Kawhi's going to come back? And he just said, I don't know. Now that could mean that you know he obviously has n- no actual understanding because he's not a doctor he doesn't probably sit in on their medical personnel their assessments of Kawhi uh but just overall you know still no answers here on on Kawhi and Gay what what are your impressions here yeah as soon as I heard that quote I was like I was okay here comes like everybody reading into that I just had a feeling that that was gonna happen but um you know I've heard from some people that say that they think or that that apparently Rudy was like slated for uh you know the game this week or maybe even early next week we'll see that I saw some video of him uh, working out prior to the Warriors game, and he looked pretty good. But obviously, just running down the sideline is a lot different from uh, game action. So uh, we'll see what goes on there. I think, you know, just gotta, you got to stay on the safe side there. Kawhi, I really have no idea. I have no idea what kind of shape his, um, you know, his injury is in, how, how much he's recovered, you know, if it's reacting the way they expect. So I'm not exactly surprised. I mean, I think people have tried to put these timelines and. And without actually knowing, like, without it actually coming from the team and saying, okay, well, maybe after All-Star break, maybe, I think that was the case like, so with, with Rudy, but with Kawhi, I mean, we really have no idea right now. So, um, obviously, it's going to make for uh, a tough way to end the season. I mean, if they can get Rudy back sooner than later, then that'll help because he can have that depth of theory that they've been missing. But I'm not exactly surprised. Okay, I want to ask you this though. Uh, I kind of mentioned this to, to to the last two guests, which was uh, I think Tom Petrini and, and Jeff Platt on the last few episodes. Um, is there a number of games that they need to have Kawhi back in your mind before they just punt the season, basically just shut him down for for good, don't even bring him back? Is there because obviously when we come back on when they come back on Friday, should I say there's going to be 23 games left until the playoffs? What is the no? Is there a number of games for you that they think they need to bring him back by? I mean, honestly, it, it's a uh, 23 games is. Uh... That's already already cutting it really close, so I mean it's got to be pretty soon. I would think. I mean, I, I hate to like just give give a number out there because I'm I'm really just guessing, but it, it's not just him being healthy and going out there. I mean, we've seen a lot of changes with the um, Lamarcus Lamarcus and what he's done this season, and you know how much the offense has changed because he is now that first priority. So it, it would involve putting him out there. You know, them getting that rapport and, and the rest of the team kind of, you know, filling those holes and, and trying to 
get on one page. So it's not just, you know, the talent alone, having that talent out there to score and defend or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I really do think they need as many games as, as, as they can get. Um, you know, I think it's got, you know, it's, I think it's got to be pretty soon. It's got to be like within the next 10 games or so. It'd be hard to go into the um, postseason with him just playing a few games. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, like I told Jeff last week, uh, Jeff Platt, I think it's I think it's twenty games is, is like the, the the main area where you want to try to get him back, and that makes it a March second return. And then, like you know, if you're really pushing it, I'd say fifteen, and and that's kind of like yeah. really pushing it. Yeah. You can't get a good Great. sample size because you know in those last like five games of the season, Pop's going to start. You know, I don't know if it, depending on where they're at in the in the playoff positioning, which we'll talk about in a little bit, Pop may try to rest a few games, especially uh, down the stretch there, like he likes to do before the playoffs begin. Um, so, you know, I, I just don't know, you know, if, if they're going to have enough time to bring him back. And, and like you, I, I agree with you where they're not, if he's not healthy by the playoffs and let's just say that, you know, his timeline's finally ready to come back in round one. I don't think they'd take that risk with him. Uh, they'd probably just play, play the season out, uh, with, with, um, Aldridge as their main go-to guy and maybe gay if he's back. And, you know, Pops actually mentioned already, uh, that this is not, you know, getting Kawhi back is probably not off the table where, uh, it, it may not happen, you know. That day that that they had addressed the whole rumors about how he wanted out of San Antonio, Pop did say that you know in the past we've we've uh, the Spurs have have been um, uh, cautious with Tim Duncan where they held him out of, out of a playoff series. So for Pop to mention that is telling maybe it gives us a little sign here that they w- they are in the back of their minds saying hey if there's if he's not ready by this point we we just they're just not going to bring it back because obviously they they can give him that supermax this coming summer, which is a five-year deal. So they want him healthy for those full five years rather than just, you know, this coming postseason. Um, let's go into our, our second topic, Mike, which is uh, the trade deadline did pass. Now, um, the Spurs, we had, we had addressed this on last week's pod was that uh, podcast was that the Spurs had interest in Willie Hernan Gomez, who got sent to the Hornets, and also Stanley Johnson, who ended up staying in Detroit. But then on the morning of the trade deadline, another name popped up, and that was Avery Bradley. Uh, Mark Stein of the New York Times reported that the Spurs were had interest in Avery Bradley for Danny Green in a first-round pick. Uh, nothing ever came into fruition because obviously the, the he he didn't get moved neither to Danny Green. Um, but my two questions for you, Mike, are: Do you do you think Bradley's a target for San Antonio this summer, seeing as how they want they, they were looking at him? He's he's a little bit younger than Danny Green, and also, do you think Danny Green's going to opt in or out of his ten million dollar player option? And it's kind of interesting that he just uh, switched agencies to Rock Nation. So, so question one: Do you think the Spurs will target Avery Bradley this summer as a free agent? And question two: Do you think Green, Green opts in or out? I mean, I think Avery Bradley is definitely a player that the Spurs, uh, I think, especially Pop would like. I mean, I've always been, I've, I've followed him since he was at um, uh, with Texas, and I've always liked what he did, uh, you know, defensively on the ball. But at the time. Of the whole trade, Dallas was like, okay, well, basically you're trading Danny and a pick for a player that's probably going to end up doing, the, the, you know, he's probably about the same level defensively, I think, as Danny, and maybe he can score more. So, But it was still then adding that first-round pick was a little rough at the time. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that a lot's going to depend on, on what they do with him opting in or out. I mean, that Rock Nation uh, changeover, when it happened, uh, because it happened during the season, not after the season, kind of makes me wonder. But, you know, uh, it, it's just one of those things that I think a lot of pieces or a lot of things have to come in place for any of those things to move. I mean, will he opt in? I, I think that for him, that's probably his be- his best bet. I think unless he has a deal with the Spurs where maybe they need to cut salary and, and they work out a deal with him to 
give him a lengthier contract in return for, you know, uh, cutting some salary. That's, like, the only real reason I see him opting out, even with the change in, in agents. So, uh, it, that that's a tricky one for sure. I mean, he uh, Bradley is younger, uh, but I don't know if, if you can really play him against threes too much, but I feel a little more comfortable with uh, Danny against threes or even guys like uh, Durant. So, it's a tough one. It's going to be interesting summer, for sure. Yeah, I think that the whole thing for me, for my takeaway, is that if Green, I think he's kind of, Bradley's more of like a backup plan where if Green opts out and, you know, leaves in free agency or he's, he, his contract, his next contract would cost too much, I think San Antonio would look at Avery Bradley as that, as that replacement for him in free agency. But, you know, Green, I, I for him and Rudy Gay, I thought both of them were going to opt in this, this coming summer just because, you know, the whole market is is um, is very limited this summer. There's a lot of teams that, can, that have a lot of cap space. I think, um, you know, in an article by The Ringer, as of uh, today, which is a uh, Monday, uh, uh, they, they projected that only like seven teams are going to have over 10 million in cap space. So there's not a lot of teams that are going to be going after a 30 year old wing and Danny Green, uh, despite him being an all defensive, you know, level player and, and good three point shooter. So I, I'm not sure, but this whole Rock Nation thing did throw throw me, you know, throw throw a, throw a little wrench in here. Where I, you know, is is that new um, agency telling him, you know, you can get more money on the market than San Antonio? So I'm not sure there. So I, I think again, I'd say that if Green opts out, I think the Spurs would be a little bit more aggressive in going after Avery Bradley this summer. Let's go to our third topic, Mike, uh, and that's the buyout market. So um, some some players are already getting um, bought out from their contracts. Uh, one such player that San Antonio had interest in uh, was Marco Bellinelli, former Spur, but he ended up signing with the Sixers. Uh, Joe Johnson and Brandon Wright were also bought out by their teams, and now they've both signed with Houston. Um, so, Mike, here's how we're going to do this buyout market question. Um, I'm going to read you some names, and you tell me pass or interesting, okay, for okay. the Spurs' sake. Ready? So let's do this little game here. Um, first player, Derek Rose. Pass or pass? Maybe. I'll try on point guard right now. He's <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, what's funny though is that remember in the summer uh, the Spurs reportedly had interest in him. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah I, I'd say pass as well. Uh, Brandon Jennings, pass or maybe? Um, that's another thing where there's a long jump. I, I'm definitely interested. I mean, it seems like he's better than some talent. So I'd be interested, but I don't know how to do it with the the current uh, guards they already have. Yeah, I think pass just because you're, you're right. They have too many guards right now. I mean, there's not even enough playing time for some of them, especially when um. When Rudy Gay and, and, and uh, Kawhi get back, some of those guys have to go down to play at the shooting guard position back like Brent Forbes and, and Manu and Danny Green. Uh, next player, Mike. Ty Lawson, pass or, or um, interesting? Mm, yeah, that's, that's a pass for me as well. Again, it's all it's all the same kind of position, and um, they've, gave, they've got a lot to work out at that point guard. Okay. Tony Allen? Uh, definitely interested just because of his defense. I think even. Uh, he's, a, he's a vet already. He's an older guy. I think uh, him having that, you know, being that lockdown defender may not be the same defender than he was like two or three years ago, but he's still out there and he's still a guy that could be valuable in the playoffs, especially if they have um, injuries to Kawhi and never know what the story is with uh, Rudy as well. Yeah, I think that if it's a if it's a concern where you don't think you're going to get Kawhi back for the for the remainder of the season, I think yes, take him. I mean, look at really look at taking um. Tony Allen, but if it's not, if he's going to come back, they're they're thinking he will. I think pass just because Allen offensively, I think that's one of the biggest yeah. Spurs' biggest struggles is offense, and they're, they're second defensively without him. And I just think that he wouldn't really bring too much uh, offensively. Let's go to the big man department here, Andrew Bogut. Gosh, man, I I, I hadn't even thought of, of Bogut. Um, you know, I, I think I'd pass at, the, at this point. I I want to see where things go with uh, Laverne. He played well. 
at the end there, and I just want to see how that played out. I mean, he was tough pal, so, I mean, he'd be, you know, um, he and Vern would basically be fighting out for minutes, whatever minutes there at the backup spot. Yeah, I'd pass as well, just because, like, you're right um, about first Laverne's playing a little bit better now. But also, the Spurs, Pop's just going small ball all the way in 2018. I mean, we've seen that. He's playing a lot of lineups with just Aldridge at the five or Powell at the five. So I don't think there's – I think Bowie would want to go to a place where he can be on a contender where he's going to get some minutes, and I don't think San Antonio's that place. Uh, last player, Mike, Boris Diaw. I'm always interested when it comes to Boris. Uh, you know, I mean, just because he's got the, the whole corporate knowledge thing down, I mean, I'm not sure what playing shape he's in or whatever, but – uh, I think glue guys like that and, and guys that have chemistry with other players on the team, that can always help, especially for a playoff run. Yeah, I would say he's interesting as well just because you can play him at the 4 and 5. But I also think that his time in San Antonio was over just because the writing was on the wall back in, in, in his last season with San Antonio. Remember that final playoff game against OKC? Pop didn't play him at all. And that kind of that kind of told you Boris's time in San Antonio was up. So I, I just think that there's something there where, where I don't think Pop would play him. Uh, if he, or, or the Spurs that have interested back in him, maybe they can just like get him on the cheap, and he can make some like uh, espressos for everybody. And like <laughs> yeah, well, he'd be good for team chemistry, that's for sure. In that locker room, a lot of the guys like him, uh, Boris. Uh, so, 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 Spurs cast listeners, just remember that the buyout market um, is still kind of ongoing. Where veteran players that that get waived, they need to be waived before March first to be playoff eligible to sign with the contender. So um, there's still a few names maybe to keep out there, but I think most of the guys have already been bought out, bought out of the contracts that are going to maybe have a little bit of a difference to make. Okay, Mike, our last topic um, before we go to the Spurs cast Twitter questions is uh, the, the Spurs' last, the ending to their schedule here. Um, you know, I, I wrote up on, on uh, analyzingtheleague.com that the Spurs have, out of the, the teams 3 through 10 in the West that are kind of fighting for playoff position, the Spurs have the toughest schedule of all of them. 18 of the Spurs' final 23 games are against teams that are 500 or above. That, and that's, you know, and that's again, like we just mentioned, without knowing if Kawhi and Rudy Gay are coming back or when they're coming back. Uh, my question to you, Mike, with, with knowing, this, knowing that the toughness of their schedule, do you think uh, – well, here, I have two questions. Let me mix this up. Sorry. So right now they're projected to finish the season 49 and 33. Question one, do you think they, they do that or are they fall below – and then question two is how far do you think they fall? Do you think they miss the playoffs? Do you think they kind of fall at the end of the bracket? Or do you think they kind of stay in the third seed? No, I mean, I think it'll probably be below um, the number you said. And honestly, I think there's going to be a lot of movement. I don't see them moving that far, but there is only, what, three games between third and eighth right now. So there's yeah. going to be, I think, a lot of movement towards the end of the season. And, you know, there's some teams, that, like you said, with, with the records that aren't, aren't as tough. And I think I saw they have Golden State twice, Rockets twice, OKC a few times. Uh, I think Minnesota's still on their schedule a bit. So, I mean, it, it's not going to be easy, um, it's, you know, especially with players still out. You know, if you have to bring players back in, just working them back into the system. So, I mean, I could see them dropping to fifth um, pretty easily. Okay, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think they're going to get the 49 wins, even though they're projected to get there by the data without Kawhi and, and, and Rudy Gay. Um, I just feel like in these last two months, teams have figured out the whole Aldridge-centric um, offense where they know to, to basically double-team Aldridge and make somebody else beat them nightly, and, and it's not always coming to, to, to fruition for San Antonio. Uh, so I, I go below the 49-win mark. And, and like you, I think that they end up somewhere in like the fifth to seventh seed. I just don't like, you know, they, they don't have, they have one of the toughest schedules. And somebody like Utah, who's currently 10th, but they're only, like you mentioned, like a few losses back from San Antonio. They have like the easiest schedule to end the year. So um, some of these teams are going to play 
some of the whoever has the easier teams are going to really benefit because one, a lot of those 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 bad teams right now are trying to, to jostle for um, lottery predict um, best seating, so they're going to kind of throw games like you saw Phoenix there. Uh, it's just throwing games here. Um, so so basically, if, if you play more 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 bad teams, you're going to benefit from it. Whereas the Spurs only play five bad teams down the road. The rest of them are all really good teams. And so that's going to be tough for San Antonio. I can really see them slipping uh, unless they get Kawhi and Rudy Gay back pretty soon. Okay, Mike, let's uh, take a quick break and we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Okay, thank you for tuning in to SpursCast, episode 483. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am joined by Michael DeLeon of ProjectSpurs.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at MDeLeon. Okay, Mike, our last segment will be the SpursCast Twitter questions. Uh, we only have one in this week. Uh, it comes from at Giant Steps. They ask, looks like teams aren't handing out money like summer, like the summer of 2016. Considering a borderline all-star in Lou Williams signed for $8 million annually, what is the likelihood guys like Danny Green and Rudy Gay – uh, opt out now. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we discussed the Danny one. You know, I think that I don't think mm-hmm. that really changes for me. I think I don't think he opts out. Rudy Gay, I don't. I I also can't see him opting out. Doesn't really make sense for him, especially since he's been injured for as as long as he has. I don't know that uh, other teams are going to be willing to take that risk with him, and and they don't know where where you know where he is. I think earlier in the season, before he was injured, um, and how he was playing, then definitely the, uh, that was more of an option. Where I think he would have. He might have opted out, but I think both both players probably should and will opt in. Okay, I'm on the Rudy part. I'm with you. I think he's going to opt in for two for two reasons. One, like like you mentioned, he, his whole injury situation does not uh, bode well for him on the on the free agent market this summer. When teams are seen, he can only play healthy for 58 percent of his games. Uh, he has shown a little bit of being a third option, how, how he's how he's kind of handled it, or second option, uh, and you know it's about like 12 points a game. Um, so I think that he, he would just for security of another season with the Spurs, he, he would opt in. Uh, and then Danny Green, like I mentioned, that whole Rock Nation thing kind of just threw like a little wrench in there where I'm not sure where, where his mind's at or his agency's mind's at in terms of do they think he can get more money on the market this summer or do they think, uh, you know, this is $10 million's pretty good for him now and then just wait till next next summer to kind of test the market again. So for now, I'd say they both opt in and I, I think Danny Green will be looking forward toward, toward next season. Uh, but we'll see because it, it was interesting, like we mentioned, both of us, that uh, that that the Spurs were looking at a replacement for him and Avery Bradley on the trade market. So maybe they had some sort of um, idea of, of where they think Green's going next year uh, in, in their minds. So, so for now, I think that they're both going to opt in uh, with the current cap situation. 
Okay, Mike, let's look Let's look ahead to now the, the Spurs' next two games. So um, they're obviously off till Friday when they'll resen, resume play in Denver um, against the Nuggets, who had just beat them. So uh, the Nuggets right now, they're 32-26, and 26, sixth in the West. Uh, they are 7-3 and three in their last 10. They did beat the Spurs without Aldridge just recently before they went to All-Star break. Um, offensively, Denver is 7th in the league, 108.2 points per 100. Defensively, they're 22nd, 107.8 points per 100. Who do you have Friday night in Denver, Mike? I keep tossing this one, uh, you know, quite a bit because because we saw what they did. But then, you know, if Aldridge is there to, like, kind of stabilize, uh, you know, Jokic. If she's there to... I think help with him and, and he can contribute. You know, I think they can get the win, but I mean, Denver's a, a really good looking team right now. And I think the the move they made at the trade line was a, a smart one. So, I mean, this can really go either way, but I'm, I'm going to take the Spurs in this one just because they'll have that full week of rest and all of you back. So I've got this as a win. Okay, I've got this as a win as well for for two reasons here. One is that the Spurs played very well without Aldridge. They had a double-digit lead in that, that last loss against Denver. So I think that if Aldridge is there giving you, you know, 18 to 20 points, they're okay they're sustaining that that for the full 48. So And then also because the Denver's defense, you saw that, you know, whenever, the, like I've always mentioned on the Spurs cast this season, whenever the Spurs play a, a bottom 20, bottom 10 defense, they, they're usually pretty good because the offense is their one weakness. And, and if you're going to be a bad defense against them, they're just going to help them out in their favor. And so I, I'd say that statistically everything points to the Spurs um, winning this matchup in Denver on Friday. Plus, you know, the old guys like Parker and Manu and Powell, they've had, you know, a week off of basketball. So it should be beneficial for them as well. Okay, Mike, then the last, the last game of the Spurs' rodeo road trip wraps up on Sunday in, in uh, Cleveland against the Cavs. Um, the Cavs are 34 and 22, third in the East. Now I'm only going to read you the data on their since they they made the trade because like like we mentioned at the beginning, half their tra- team got traded, so uh, they're kind of like a new team. So they're three and zero since the trade deadline with all these new players. Uh, offensively, and it's a small sample size, only three games. They're first in scoring, 124.2 points per 100, and defensively, they're twelfth um, at 108.1 points per 100. Again, that's only as of three games of data uh, with this new squad. Who do you have on Sunday in Cleveland? I'm just going to go the Cavs on this one. I, I, I like the way that they're playing with the players they brought, and it seems like somebody injected something into them where they're playing. Their attitude is completely different. I mean, they've won, I think, their last four, uh, like, like you said, three with, with the new players. Um, and I think they made a lot of improvements, and they got deeper because of those trades. And um, and you're playing against LeBron James, obviously – uh, you never know how that'll go, but now that they've strengthened some positions, um, yeah, I think Carter uh, will take it. Okay, I'm with you. I think I think I'm going to go with Cleveland for for a few reasons here. Um, the main one is that even though they don't have a lot of big guys right now, because because um, Kevin Love's injured, all they have is really Tristan Thompson and Larry Nance to throw at Aldridge. I just feel like they're going to just basically swarm him on 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 a double teams, and they have a lot of new athletic wings. You got LeBron out there. You got Rodney Hood. You got George Hill. I just feel like they're going to pester Aldridge where he has to move the ball, and then it's going to be you know which other Spurs player is going to beat you, which other two guys are going to step up, and I can't see San Antonio have, having a, a consistent answer right now. So I'm going to take Cleveland to that one just like you. So we both think the Spurs will go one and one here uh, as of their next two games, and then I'll record Spurs cast 483 after that. Okay, uh, uh, thank you, SpursCast listeners, for tuning in to SpursCast, episode 483. Uh, if you have any questions, continue to send them to hashtag SpursCast on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, follow us at Project Spurs, at ATLeague underscore NBA, at the SpursCast, and at Project Spurs Network. 
uh, online, visit us at projectspurs.com, analyzingtheleague.com, and projectspurs.net. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. So for Michael DeLeon, I am Paul Garcia. Have a great day. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.